0: here, coming to you live from the new Thundercat Lounge. You are listening to the Least Likely Church podcast, where three great friends talk about whatever they want, and occasionally, that includes church and ministry. What we have for you today can only be described as the best podcast episode ever listened to by 25 people, eventually. Uh, But before this train pulls out of the station, let me introduce you to the finest co-conductor in all the land. He has a pool at his house. He struggles with regulating his sugar. He grew up in upstate New York, which is pretty much Canada. John Allen. John?
1: Yeah, it's good to be here. In, uh, in New York, we call Canada America Junior. Wow.
0: <laughs> I'm sure they love to hear that.
1: They probably don't appreciate that. No, no I don't say it to them. But <laughs> that'd be crazy.
0: It would be something. It sure would. Uh, with us, as always, is our mysterious producer, keeping us on time, willing to tell you with his face, but not his words, that he thinks your ideas are dumb. Mm. He once woke up at 4 a.m. with his best friend and stood in line five and a half hours to ride Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure yeah. on opening day. I had to, I had to Google the official name because I was certain if I said it wrong, I'd be corrected and I don't think my <laughs> fragile ego could handle that. Michael Lewis Conda, Woo. Conda. Good morning. Good morning. How's everyone? Good. Good. Yeah, you're not giving a speech. Oh. You? Like you're not you're not on stage at church. You don't have to do that. Wow. Okay. And but, but you know we didn't really say anything. So the, I guess the typical thing to do would be to ask us again, just to say, <laughs> oh no, that first yeah. one wasn't enough. That yeah, wasn't
1: enough. I said, how are you guys doing this morning? Woo. Just start off by insulting people. It's All a great right. way to start a service. Well,
0: yeah. Now
2: that my ego is met, I can move on to the announcements that I have. Oh, wow.
0: Wow. Okay. We're
1: getting deep early. <laughs> yeah, we
0: are. We're diving really, really deep.
1: Is so. that Salty Lou?
0: <laughs> yeah. There he is. He's back. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and check us out on the internets at leastlikelychurchpodcast.com and on the Instagram at leastlikelychurchpodcast. Where you can see pictures of the voices you're hearing, check out what we're up to, and watch cool videos of stuff we do on our back porch. That's not a euphemism.
1: Yeah, that sounded real bad.
0: Oh, well, I say it every time, really? it, but we just never think to change it. So yeah. today's podcast is powered by the good folks at, well, not really. It's just kind of, what are we drinking today? Conda and I just have water. Yeah. I have Starbucks. John Allen has a Starbucks, which he neglected to offer to either of us. So we're just having water. And it's also, not because I
1: don't care. It's just because I'm inconsiderate.
0: Well, okay. All <laughs> right. Well, um, let's let's get a few little bits of housekeeping out of the way up front. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh, it is the dead of summer. It uh, is. It is uh, very hot. And here in the new Thundercat Lounge, you're going to hear a few things today that you might be unaccustomed to. One, you might hear the sound of us all sweating because there's no air conditioning in the new Thundercat Lounge. Mm-hmm. Too. you may also hear the sweet and sultry sounds of construction because they're currently building outside of our studio. Um, and also you may hear what sounds like someone hammering nails to the speed of dribbling a basketball. That's because my next door neighbor is actually outside playing basketball right now. Was he five minutes ago? No. Did we press record and him and all his friends get his basketball and start playing right now like the summer is the time for them to play outside? Mm. Yes. Like he owns the airspace. But that's okay because later today I'll go play basketball with him and I'll block all of his shots, which will make me feel better. He is eight. (laughs) But I don't mind. It makes me feel good. It's nothing quite like blocking a shot all the way out into the street and then watching a kid walk up the walk of shame to go get the ball while you just... Maniacally laugh at them.
1: That's the kind of thing you typically discuss in counseling.
0: That's well, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I don't need counseling, but I would say that you do. Yeah, I would say that I do probably enjoy that part of playing basketball too much. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of times I'll get really hot from the three point line. and I'll just start throwing them up and just killing them. And then once his little brother, who's like four, was out there, and I said to him. I uh, said to his older brother that I play with, I guess I'm going to have to go inside and cook dinner because these hands are so hot they could melt cheese. And his little brother ran up and touched my hands and said, <laughs> they're not hot. <laughs> and I was like,
1: mm. there's
0: nothing, nothing like a little kid just crushing your trash talk. Like it, was, yeah. it, was, it wasn't, he just said, let me, let me and then I held out my hands. He goes, they're not. He looked back at his mom and he was like, they're, they're not hot, guys. Actually, they're not. He wasn't telling the truth. That's a lie, Mr. Dusty. That, that, that's not true. From the mouths of babes. From the mouths of babes. Well, oh, while we're on the topic of needing counseling, let's talk about changes. That's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about. Let's let's enter into a time of transition. <laughs> yes, let's do some transition talking. For in, any of you that have been in or around ministry, you already know the only thing that stays the same is that nothing stays the same. Everything change. Everything changes pretty much every morning. Um, each person in this room, has the pleasure of speaking into a microphone, has experienced transition in ministry. So we ask for your grace in advance. I think that we have all talked our issues out. We've made peace with them for the most part, but we do ask your forgiveness if, in advance if what we say seems like it's coming from a place of hurt. Let me assure you, it's not. It's coming from a place of anger, mm. yeah. liquid, magma, hot anger oh, okay. over the injustice we've encountered uh, at the hands uh, of megalomaniacal tyrants, who's, never mind.
1: I've sure. Killed. And if you think we're talking about you, we probably are.
0: Wow. <laughs> let's, let's be honest, though. Anybody's name or in anybody's, you know, situation, because we're not going to say names no. or anything like that, but if that comes up, I mean, let's just tell the truth uh, Those people probably aren't listening to this. (laughs) That's also
1: true. (laughs) I mean, that is absolutely the truth.
0: Along with a lot of other people in the world that aren't listening, those people definitely aren't listening. Because if they didn't like us enough to let us work there, or they pushed us out, or if they were real douches to us or whatever, then uh, I'm going to go ahead and and just hazard a guess that they're probably not like just cozied up at home with the blanket in front of the fire in the dead of summer, listening ooh, ooh, ooh. to the three of us no, talk they, about this.
1: They have a purposeful reason for not listening, as opposed to the rest of the world, which is just ignorant of, of what's happening. <laughs> ignorant I mean, of radius. the
0: greatness that they're going to experience yeah, when that. they engage with the least likely church podcast. Well, let's, uh, let's start at the end and work our way back from there, and we will begin with a competition. Are we ready? Mm. I'm ready. I suppose. All right. So I have challenged Conda and John to come up with a top five list of things not to say to the person that just fired you. What was that? I have no idea. It's a giant cricket. Wow. Like we're, we're being like actively attacked from the outside world <laughs> right. right now.
1: Literally an airplane <laughs> flying. You know right why? Clear. It's
0: because the Lord's going to move in this place. Wow. That's what it is. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I got an elbow clap for that. That was good. Uh, if only people could see you should do an instructional video about how to clap with a microphone in your hand
1: you yeah, the elbow clap
0: you got the yeah. elbow clap you got the barely touch the
1: fake clap the oh,
0: fake yeah. clap yeah you got the forearm clap or the Celine Dion clap you know
2: oh man one of those you got the chest clap I just shook my phone and it was like do you want to undo your
0: typing no there goes your list, there goes my list. you lose automatically <laughs> all right we're going to flip a coin I'm just gonna say that, but you guys that are listening can't see that I don't actually have a coin. And the winner is heads or tails, Conda. Heads. It was tails. So John Allen, number one. What don't you say to the person that just fired you?
1: You're still coming over for Thanksgiving, right? Wow.
0: <laughs> All right. Dang. Conda says in response, your rebuttal. Maybe I'm firing you. <laughs> <laughs> I think condas are going to be way better oh, just in advance. All right, conda is up 1 0. I think we can call that one. <laughs> Okay. Maybe I'm that's just like,
1: man, it's mind bending. It really is. Like yeah. I've just
0: fallen into this man's trap. I thought I was going to fire him and I yeah. just got fired. I'm the I, senior pastor and I just retired. I don't know what's happening.
1: I maybe. didn't have enough time to come up with something that clever. Maybe and,
0: I'm firing you. Maybe.
1: I'm firing you. <laughs> and Con, I feel like, I feel like you have an advantage here naturally because I've never been fired from anything. So I've never had to think this through. What did you, did you get how many of these have you actually said?
0: What? I was fired from Cracker Barrel because you didn't have a country fresh attitude. Because <laughs> yeah. I didn't Fire have call a correctly. country fresh attitude. Mm. Well, that's uh, all I mean, that's pretty obvious that you don't have a country fresh attitude. I, yeah. I think I mean, we I, all know it. All right. I would disagree, but All you know. right. Well, number you
1: working at Cracker Barrel doesn't make any sense in the first place. <laughs> no, you it, know, it really was my first doesn't.
2: job out of high school. Were you okay. a waiter? I was a host that transitioned over to being a server, yeah. Oof. Yeah. Let's, yeah. just, let's just put it this mm. way. I found out really quick that I'm not good at meeting the needs of people who have no, like, business requesting things.
0: Oh, well, what kind of people have no business I, requesting things? People that are idiots. Mm. Okay, so this is a classic case of you're always right, they're always wrong? Mm. Yeah, basically. Okay, so I'm just going to add that to the counseling list thing that we've <laughs> got running now in this episode. All right, number two. Round two. John Ellen. Uh, can I get a reference? Ooh. Oh, that was good. All right. Conda says.
2: Hmm, I don't think so, but thanks for offering.
1: <laughs> All right, I'm going to call that one a tie. You just straight denial is the, the route you're taking here.
0: <laughs> call that one a tie. We'll go quickly to round three. Okay. John Allen says. Oh, he's, he's physically getting ready for this I one. I clear my throat. Mm.
1: That's fine. I never loved you anyway.
0: Oh, Dang. Ooh, that's straight for the heart right there. Mm. That's serious. All right, Conda.
2: Look, we both said things in anger that we don't mean. How about we take the weekend off and talk on Monday?
0: Hmm. You know, you know what's accurate about that is they're gonna fire you on the last day of the week.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. At
0: the at the end of the day. Although I will tell you, I got a reverse like at the beginning of the week, before the day started.
1: No. Yeah. If if I got fired. Yeah, you know, we've I've been a party to firing people before. Um, even though I've never been fired. Um, and we always did it on. I he likes to slide that in. Yeah, like, I, I, I mean, I've it's I've been ego, the fire
0: herb, never the fire. It's my ego.
1: I only got dumped once too. So, anyway, what the, was his name? Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> caught me with that one. <laughs> um, yeah, we usually did it on. Uh, we usually did it first thing in the week mm. because we needed to get ready for the weekend. So we just get what we could out of them for the weekend <laughs> for the service. And then fire him the next Man, day so we can prepare people. without him.
0: It just takes such yeah. a, like a devious nature of planning all those things out.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, that one was a, so what was yours again? Oh, let's talk about it over the weekend. Yeah. And yours was, um, I never
1: loved you anyway. All right.
0: John wins that one. So we're, okay. we're at we're one, tied. one, we're at one, one, and then we have mm. a tie in the middle. So we're dead even. So we're going to round four. Is that right? Yep. I don't keep track of this very well. Round four. All right.
1: Uh, would you mind calling my wife to tell her?
0: So, you know what? Let me, pause. Let me put a pause right there because I fired a guy once who literally asked me to do that. And this is what he said. <laughs> Would you mind telling my wife because if I tell her, she's going to kick me out. You want to talk about the mother of all guilt trips. <laughs> right. <laughs> Some guy telling you that you've yeah. not only taken his occupation, but you've also just crushed his
1: marriage. Well, listen, I mean, we may talk about this later, but that's the first reaction you almost always get when you fire someone, is they tell you how horrible this is going to be for them, and they you go on a tremendous guilt trip. How could you do this to me? It, me, I can't, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's brutal. Uh,
0: yeah. All right. We'll, anyway. we'll get into it a little bit <laughs> okay. later. All right, Conda, your rebuttal to that.
2: So do I have to tithe
0: on that final paycheck? Oh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> <is strong>. Target. <laughs> 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 All right. So the best you can do now is tie mm. it, John. You can tie <laughs> it up because that one was a win for Conda. Even though yours was emotionally deep, yes. his was, I think, a little more relevant. <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, you know what? It would be relevant if everyone that worked at a church actually tithed.
1: Oh, so but I've never been a part of a
0: church that hasn't had to call their staff in to essentially threaten them yeah. for not tithing. Because that's, you know...
1: Why don't you? Why don't churches no just mind. pay them 90% of what they're worth?
0: <laughs> <laughs> just skip the middleman. I'm just going to keep this. <laughs> Technically, your paper's going to say this, but you're only going to get <laughs> 90% of it. And then we never have to have that meeting yeah, about can't how you just, you're not being spiritually obedient to the tithe.
1: Just right. do it as withholding in oh, every paycheck. Tithe withholding. Mm.
0: Yeah. Well, I worked at a church once that tried to do that. They were going to send out an agreement that you could sign that would pull your tithe out of your paycheck so you mm. didn't actually have to do it. And I sat on the executive team at this church and I fought that every day, all day long. Yep. And I thought, man, could you also fill out a paperwork that says that my sins are automatically forgiven I never have to care about it or even try. I could just do whatever I want. You can magically deduct all of those things that I would need to yeah. do. And they were like,
1: well, I don't
0: know. <laughs> I was like, I think there's maybe a transactional nature of yeah. tithing that we want to... We want to include... And you were
1: like, would you indulge me?
0: Mm. Oh, wow. You get it? History. Yeah. (laughs) All right, last one. Here we go. John Allen
1: says... Cool, cool. Um, I just need to delete a few things off my computer first.
0: Wow. Wow. (laughs) Hang on a second. Hang on for dramatic effect. I'm going to go ahead and pull the music down on that. We're just going to let that sit for a second. Because the truth of that is overwhelming me. (laughs) Conda, you're laughing too uncontrollably. <laughs> I am now uncomfortable with what's on your computer.
2: <laughs> That's so funny.
0: <sighs> wow. It's our right. turn. And we're back. Conda okay. says... You can't fire me.
2: I'm quitting to pursue my dream of not working here.
0: Mm. That's solid. That's a solid one. But we're going to go with an even tie. Oh. It is an actual tie. Guys, can't this,
1: I can't escape this. On Sunday, in the service, it was Father's Day, the, the time of this recording... And uh, my wife Thanks and I... Thanks for dating. Yes. Sorry about that. <laughs> ruining but, everything. I mean, it's, it's, this one's coming out like next week, so... Well, it's coming out like in a few days. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but my wife and I preached an entire series together, which was amazing. And, but for Father's you Day... You let your
0: wife on stage?
1: Yeah. Oh my goodness. Ooh, wow. She has things to say. Oof. Um, and uh, so we started off the message, though, with a dad jokes competition. Mm. Trying not to laugh. Yeah. And we tied and I couldn't believe it. And the reason we tied was because I laughed at the judge in between jokes. And I got a point. And I was very bitter about it. Who but was she, the
0: judge? Was it Judge Judy?
1: N- it was not. <laughs>
0: judge, was it a man judge? Judge T.J. Lane. Of course it was. The one <laughs> man who would never, he, he,
1: he, he has the capacity to not laugh at anything. You
0: would openly compete with a woman, but you wouldn't allow a woman to judge it. That's basically what you're saying? Shh,
1: my wife picked him.
0: Mm, so now we're going to do the blame game. Right now now we're victim blaming is what we're doing. Yes. That's another thing for counseling. No, it's my mm. wife's fault. Let's go ahead and <laughs> She gave go, me she gave me a me prize anyway. Let me go ahead and stop you there cuz nothing that you're going to say is going to make this any better. She conceded. She's conceded?
1: She, <laughs> she conceded the competition and oh, gave now you're she try had to pivot that. She had already assumed she was going to lose so she'd made me a victory prize. So she conceded so she could give me my victory prize which well. was a shirt that said Dad jokes more like rad jokes.
0: Wow. Which is itself a dad joke. It's like Inception, but of dad jokes. Mm. So then who really won? Oh, well, I'm not sure. (laughs) I am not sure. All right, so let's get into it. I've been fired. Conda has definitely been fired. And John Allen's ego would not allow for him to make it this far (laughs) into the podcast without telling us that he hasn't been fired. True. So my question to get this conversation rolling is, What's your responsibility when you get fired? Now, I don't mean like what's your, like, do your job, don't get fired, that kind of thing. I mean, like, it's already here. We're moving past all that for now. So you just got fired. Now what? What are, let's do a reverse list. Let's say what are the top five things to do when you get fired? So I'll be your Cracker Barrel supervisor. That's a really unfair one, though. I'll bring you in. Uh, Michael, I'd like to meet with you, please. Michael, if you could come. Well, hang on. I'll do it over the intercom. Ready? Oh. Um, Michael, could you come to my office, please? Michael? Yes. Michael Lewis Kondo? I'm on the way. Okay, thank you. Has anybody seen Michael? He's not in my office yet. I'm not sure what he's doing. And then that's you. I open up the door. Michael, come in and have a seat. (laughs) This is scary. You're laughing? At this point, you're laughing in in my face. I'm your supervisor. No wonder you're getting (laughs) fired.
1: That's what my son does when he's nervous, too. Right, right. Uh, Michael,
0: it's been brought to my attention that you do not have a country-fresh attitude. And based on that and pretty much nothing else, because I can, because of the power vested in me by the Cracker Barrels of America, the Cracker Barrel Corporations of America, I'm releasing you from your employment.
2: Thank you for this opportunity. All right,
0: stop. Mm, gracious.
1: Stop. <laughs> stop.
0: Okay, is that real? Is that real? You John, at the very least you fired people. Sure. And that's what they say. Right? Or do they? Uh, no. You've never heard anybody say that? No. I got fired Not right away. once and I said it. I said it, but I just like it was almost like I heard myself saying it and I didn't even want to. And, the, and I was like, oh, man, I'm, I'm so grateful for the opportunity that you gave me. I mean, I guess in a way I really was, and I am still grateful for that opportunity. But why do you say that in that moment?
2: I think because your brain automatically goes into, like, recovery mode, damage control mode. And, like, I mean, I remember reading stuff about jobs and stuff, and it's like if that happens, you're supposed to try to recover as quickly as possible because then you can still potentially use them as a reference or Something like that. Whereas if you
0: end on really bad terms, then you just got to count that whole thing out. But the problem with ending on good terms is you don't have a gangster story to tell. <laughs> like, you know. Right. You know, so here's what I did. She looked at me and she was like, I don't have a country fresh attitude. And I was like, I'll show you a not country fresh attitude. And then I just ripped my apron off and swung it around. And then I knocked over all the biscuit dough. And then I just grabbed all the gravy and ran out the door.
1: And that's why you can't hold down a job for more than three months.
0: I guess that is those people, right? Yeah. Those people that can't keep jobs. So, so thanks for this opportunity. That's what we're going with, country fresh I mean, that feels pretty country fresh. I'm, I don't even know if I believe that you said that. Mm,
2: I, no, I, that's not what I said. What? Okay, so what did I, you say? I said? thought we were playing what we should say. no, I mean, it was a long time ago. It was like 10 years ago. But I'm pretty sure what I did say was, okay. And I probably just walked out because yeah. I really, really hated that job. Like, really.
0: Why did you have that job?
2: Because uh, it was my first job out of high school. They All were right. hiring.
0: Respect. Yeah. Got to so, get out there, hustle. Yeah. It wasn't bad. Slinging that biscuit dough. Yeah. yeah. Making money for your family. That, that's it. Yeah. Mm. You're working. You're
1: okay. out
2: there. You're doing it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, I think some of it depends on how invested you are. If you get to the point where you are completely disengaged from the job, how you, how you step off is different than a job that you're actually engaged in. Because, like, I can't remember much about that firing, but all I do remember is that it really didn't impact me that much. I was not emotionally torn about it in any way. I was kind of like, thank you for releasing me
0: from this place that I hate coming to. How does it get there? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people that get fired are like that. They're just like, oh man, this is a relief. It's like a yeah. terrible relief.
1: Well, listen, when, you're, when your performance or attitude is such that you get to the point of being fired, rarely are you like super satisfied and happy in a job that you then get fired from. Rarely. Mm-hmm. Because that sense of tension is going to go both ways. And right, so yeah. you probably, you know, it's there subconsciously, even if you're not aware of it.
0: Yeah. Well, all right, John, what's something to say when you're getting fired?
1: Well, let me preface this real quick because I have telling
0: us you've never been fired. We got that. (laughs) We got that.
1: No, but I I have, I have been, you know, on the other side of the table, so to speak. And the thing is that I come have come out of environments that didn't fire well. So they, they rarely went well. And part of the reason is because when somebody was underperforming or out of place, we would talk about that when they weren't in the room and then ultimately make the decision to let them go. And when they sat down, they didn't see it coming. Mm. So they, they often didn't go well because they didn't see it coming. Whereas if you handle this well, and we may talk about this today, but I won't spend much time there. Um, if you handle it well, the person should know why they're sitting down before they sit down. Because mm. we've, given, we've given them things to improve on and and um, and uh, they've had the opportunity to make those changes and they haven't made those changes. So,
0: Well, just as a quick aside... I dated a girl one time and we had several conversations about how unhappy I was. I started these conversations and I would Mm -hmm. say to her, I'm unhappy. I'm not happy. (laughs) I'd like for something in our relationship to change because I think, you know, you're nice, you're a good person and you're uh, pretty and all that stuff. And we have a lot in common. Uh, But there's a few things that are just hard for me to overlook. And so I'd like to see a, you know, a change happen. So uh, time goes by and time goes by, and then one of the things that drove me nuts just became a breaking point. Uh, like we were supposed to go on vacation with my family, and she's bailed out at the last minute. And so I broke up with her. And it took me a while to figure out how to do it. I ended up just, you know, as a quick tip, if you want to break up with somebody, do it in, the, in your car in the driveway of their house. So you can leave? Well, so here's the thing, because then you you have avoided either walk of shame, because like when you and you're at a restaurant, then you got to get home, mm-hmm. right? So you're in, and if if she's at your house, then you have to drive her home. Because I mean, breaking up with someone don't mean that you're just going to let them Uber from your house to theirs. I mean, you still got to make sure they get home safe, right? So, so the awkward part was I go to her house and I say, hey, let's go for a drive, which we'd never done in a year. So I literally drove around the block and pulled right back into her driveway and looked at her and said, this is not working for me. We're breaking up today. And she said, what? (laughs) I had no idea this was coming. And I was like, that's why we're breaking up. Because you're dumb. Too dumb to realize this had been coming for a while. So anyway, I thought it all through. And then at the end of it, she can just... Respectfully walk back into her house, and I can drive away by myself. But we have limited amount of time to spend together afterwards. So, you know, that's the church version of the Friday at 430 fire. Mm. Sure. Where, you know, you call them in once everybody's pretty much already left, and then fire them and then walk them to the door. So the perp walk. Okay. So, John, you were going to... Well,
1: gonna... that, that, you know, coming back around. And part of sometimes when you fire someone, it's their own lack of self-awareness that landed them in the chair that also causes them to be caught off guard. But assuming everybody who's listening to this is self-aware enough and has enough presence of mind when that moment happens, one of the right things to say would be to um, ask specifically uh, to understand why. What specifically is the problem? And hope that that person you're sitting across from has the boldness to actually tell you what the real problem is, because. You, you might have a blind spot or something, an issue um, that you will carry into your next position, whatever that is. And so it's an opportunity for self-improvement. And it takes a lot of humility and self-awareness in order to do that. But I would say ask why.
0: All right. Anything else, Conda? Any other things that we should say to somebody that's firing you? <laughs>
2: oh, this will be good.
0: No. I'm ready for this. No,
2: I, I legit can't think of anything. Oh. Like, I mean, I've only actually been fired once, but you know, I just can't imagine what else you would say besides like, I guess, thank you for the opportunity and asking questions why after that, it's kind of like, I don't know what else you say from there. Well,
0: so having been on the firing side myself also, I've had to let people go and I immediately thought through what their conversations are going to be afterwards. And I tried to defeat them. So I immediately went into this mode where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say all of the right things to ensure that when, because this is what happens after that conversation. I leave, I go pack my stuff up, but they go immediately to everyone else that they work with yeah. that wasn't brave enough to come into the room, which was everyone else, and, and say, okay, this is how it went. Mm. And so what those people are going to say, what did he say? How did he take it? So I'm trying to defeat that. I don't know if that's right or wrong. That was just my mindset it was just like, I'm just going to go in there and I'm not going to let them like have this, you know, stinky conversation about me and what I said. So I just start like pre-programming that conversation right away. So I keep my body language open. I say, thank you so much. I say, is there anything I could have done to keep this from happening? Hmm. I say, is, I said, was there a time that you felt like I didn't do what you asked me to do? So I'm asking like all these questions because I already right. know the answer to this. Because me getting fired from this specific situation was a load of bull, uh, because a month before I'd been told that my job was safe, and then that dude just literally said, "No, you've done everything we've asked you to do. It's just not a good fit." Which I, you know, respect. And in truth, he was right. It wasn't a good fit, so I wasn't really even that mad about it. And at least he didn't make up a bunch of stuff. Um, and so I would say, you know, I don't know, man, just take us, tell the truth and then take notes. If I could have recorded that conversation, it could have saved me a lot of hassle because mm-hmm. I tried to come out of that with this. It was 11 minutes long. I looked at my watch right when I went in, right when I left, I said, that I tried to be as controlled as possible. I asked a few questions. I got a few solid answers. I acted on those answers and then the same thing that pretty much happens, everybody happened. I got out of that, and they were like, why did you do these things? I said, well, you said it was okay to do these things. No, I didn't. I was like, well, you did in that meeting that I was in right. with you and me when you said that. No, I didn't. <laughs> so in that moment, I thought, man, I should have recorded that. But
1: Well, that was, that was one of the things I was going to recommend, it, things to say, um, is to ask the question, what's our plan for communicating this? Because... And, and to jot some of those things down so you have them written down. But, you know, because particularly in ministry, you're dealing with more than just your job. It's not like I work at Xerox. and Why Xerox? Because I'm from? from Rochester and the corporate headquarters for Xerox. Everybody works for Xerox in Rochester. But anyway. It's still to. a thing. Well, it may not be anymore, but it used to be. So anyway, you know, I work at this company and oh no, that's Kodak. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It I was, It wasn't even the right one. It wasn't even the right company. I, th- I thought it's. I don't know, man. So anyway, but, wow. um, you know, it's not just your job. Uh, it is your, it's your church family. It's your, it is your career. It's your, your social circle. It's like everything for you. So I need to know what I'm going to say and when, and to make sure that we know, I know that it's going to be told. You know, I, I transitioned off um, the staff of a church at one, at one time, and nothing was ever said to anybody in the church about it. Nothing was, was ever said. And so I would run into those people at the grocery store or whatever they played. People, people thought I was still working for the church. They didn't know, you know. So talk about a transition plan if you have the presence of mind to do that. If you um, work
0: for a multi-campus church, that's the thing. happens right? all the time. Like, I haven't been at that's it. That's not Yeah, like I, I, I got fired, uh, you know, months and months and months ago, and I still see people out at the grocery store like, Hey, are you just at another campus? And I'm just like, in that moment I've got to figure out how to make sure what I say doesn't make the church look bad. Sure. Because right. the church firing people is not sinful or wrong no. or anything like that. Uh, you know, the you know, that's just how it goes sometimes. It's a workplace environment. But you gotta make sure you don't say so like in my better better times I say, No, yeah, I'm not with the church anymore. I have to kinda of transition to a new thing. And then but every once in a while you get caught though, right? You get caught in one of those moments like where you're tired and someone was like, man, are, are you from this church and, and you work at this church? And I was like, I used to. And they're like, oh man, we sure miss you. And I was like, well, I miss it. And they're like, where you been? And I was like, I got fired, man. <laughs> <laughs> and so that, that conversation literally happened in a grocery store line right. at Walmart once. And you should have seen the look on that lady's face. And I was like, oh man, this is my fault. I should, <laughs> not, fault. I should not have said <laughs> any of that. <laughs>
1: Um, that that I would, was a mistake. If I can tag on one, just one other thing that I think if you have the presence of mind to say, um, and I say, I'm, I feel like I'm putting that caveat on everything. If you have the presence of mind when you're getting fired to think about these things rather than just pure rage or confusion. Or hurt. or Yeah, honest. I mean, it's all of it. Um, but if you have the, the presence of mind, one of the things I'm learning in any conflict situation, um, particularly you know, thinking about this with my wife, it's something I learned uh, on a podcast recently, Um, is to ask the question or to say the story I'm telling myself is because they may be sitting across the the table and saying, well, it's a performance thing. It's a blah, 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 But what you're processing in your mind and the story you're telling yourself is probably different than what they're trying to say. Cause you can't divorce Mm -hmm. all those emotions from what you're thinking. So what, What the story I'm telling myself right now is that you don't value the amount of effort that I put into this job because I work hours and hours and hours. And what I'm hearing is you don't appreciate all the work I'm putting in. Mm. That's not what they're saying, maybe. But like when I'm having a conflict with my wife and, you know, she's upset because I didn't stop by the grocery store to pick up the thing she asked me to pick up. You know, she you know, we get into an argument. I say the story I'm telling myself is you think I have all kinds of time and like I wasn't doing anything before that. And so if you can communicate to the other person, here's what I'm telling myself, then they can help clarify that for you and and to, to try to alleviate some of those concerns and anxieties and things that are gonna set in really heavy when you walk out of the room. So if you'd have the presence of mind to say the story I'm telling myself is you don't appreciate, you know, what I bring to the table here, then they can help to diffuse that's, some of that.
0: That's really great. I you like know. that. Yeah. All right. So uh, what about when it's time to quit? You're there. You're living your least best life now, mm. and you're not really sure what's going on. I mean, ministry can be hard. Any job can be hard. You can go home from your job beat. You can go home from your job feeling like, you know, this ain't it. And, you know, what about when it's time to quit? I'm terrible at quitting. I'm just going to be honest. Like, I feel like it's like a principal thing. Like, I'm just going to suffer through no matter what because, you know, I'm a winner. I'm not a quitter. Right? That's the idea. We're so stupid. <laughs> I mean, it's the dumbest thing ever. But like, I just talked to a guy the other day who, I mean, it was a different different situation. It was a marriage, and his 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 wife was, um, you, you know, not being faithful and, uh, you know, struggle with addiction, to alcohol, and, I mean, he, this dude was in a living hell, and he was just like. I would never have left. I would have just kept staying and trying to work it out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's a, that's a personality thing. I think some people just be like, yo, I'm out like trout, But then there are some people out there who are just gonna stay through and suffer through all of that. And at you know what point does it tip over and you're just like, oh man, it's time to quit. What should you do in that moment? Because you you referenced something earlier that made me think, John, when you said this is your whole social circle, It's your whole family. It's your whole deal. When that's the situation, who do you talk to about that? You can't talk to your boss about it. You can't go and talk to the person that you report to who should be in ministry mentoring you, spiritually developing you, along with the pastor of the church as well. But, you know, there's an extra, you know, thing on people in ministry to spiritually invest in and mentor these people. So they're your person to go talk to about things. But what if it means you don't work there anymore, so you go and talk to them? I've counseled people in the past to go and talk to their direct reports and be honest, and they got fired like that day. Mm-hmm. And so I always add that as a caveat in. I say, listen, this may not be good advice, but I'm a truth-telling Be coach. ready to go. Be Yeah. <laughs> you You want to tell your truth, do it, but pack your bag first. Right. So... Konda, what do you do do when it's time to quit? You've recently quit a job.
2: I I have recently quit a job. Um,
0: I think the most important- Quitter. Wow.
2: We'll use the phrase, I stepped away in in honor. You're transitioning (laughs) to a new time
0: in your life?
1: A new season. Oh, yes. Yes. A new- I created an opportunity for someone else. Oh, see?
0: A new journey, perhaps. Mm. You've been waiting. I have. (laughs) I've had this loaded this whole time. And I'm just like- I heard this on the radio the other day, and I just thought, this is it. Next time somebody says journey, even if it's me, it's the journey alert. That's right. The yeah. Do you know the name of this song? Conda? Um Nope. John Allen. This
1: is Welcome to the Jungle. Oh my
0: God. <laughs> Let me
2: hear some of the words. It's That's all you get? No, I, I don't know.
0: Oh, man. Is it called Here We Stand? It's definitely not. <laughs> I hate again. you guys. I
2: hate you guys. All right, Conda. Makes you feel any better? I went and saw Rocket Man and thought I was going to know a lot of Elton John and didn't. And I saw Bohemian Rhapsody and thought I knew a lot of Queen and I was like, oh, I don't know. I, I
0: I don't know any songs. I bet you saw a lot more than you bargained for in in, the, in those movies. I saw a lot. Like, I saw a lot of everything. Yeah.
1: He, he didn't. He didn't even do piano, man. What in the world?
0: He didn't do piano. Man. <laughs> anyway.
1: That's not an
0: Elton John song, Conda. <laughs> Oh, it's right. Billy That's Joel, Billy isn't Paul. it? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Right. We're going to go with the story right. we're supposed to be telling here. All right. Were um, yeah. you at the catering we'll table with me the other day when somebody – we had a conversation about Tom Selleck? Yeah. Tom Selleck's name came up. The news guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. So Tom Selleck's yeah, name Yeah, the Baywatch came guy, up. right? Oh, You guys. <laughs> you guys. Somebody came into catering the other day with a mustache. And I said, look, that guy's rocking a mustache. Some people are born to have a mustache like Tom Selleck. And Conda says, I see some looks around the, the table. And I was like, you guys m- maybe don't know who Tom Selleck is. And mm. Conda says, the news mm. anchor that everybody talks about with the mustache. And then yeah, another wow. guy over on the other side says, wow. no, it's the guy from Smokey and the Bandit. And then my head exploded. Uh, oh. And I was like, you're talking about Walter Cronkite, and you're talking about Burt Reynolds. Right. So then this dude pulls up a picture of Burt Reynolds and says, see, it's Tom Selleck. I said, no, (laughs) No. that's Burt Reynolds. And he said, what if they're the same person? Have you ever seen them in the same room? I said, first of all, Burt Reynolds died. And he said, or did he? (laughs) Sure. And then I was like, bro, just eat your beef tips and stop talking Mm -hmm. right now. That wasn't a (laughs) euphemism. (laughs) No! Wow! <laughs> it's beef tips and rice. <laughs> All right, we're spiraling. We're spiraling. That's the worst thing you could have said. We're, we're spiraling now. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I don't even remember what we were talking about. Just we supposed to you're do when we've quit. diverged from
1: our journey. That, oh, 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 there it is. There on. it is. Every
0: time. Every time. <sighs>
1: Yeah. All right. All right. We're okay. gonna get out of that fast. It's giving you some time to gather your thoughts. Okay. All
2: right. I'm. 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 I'm collected. Good. All right. All right. Uh, so I think the first thing you need to do is once you've kind of like decided on it, made peace with yourself. Is I mean, what I did was I tried to find the way to leave the least amount of damage in in the reckoning. So I tried to line the up the
0: reckoning. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> what? That's a series. No. Like keep a going. Let's not get hung- That's
1: great. Okay. That's Let's a sequel hung- title. Hung- Conda the colon the reckoning. Wow.
0: It's going to be my autobiography. Yeah, colon like the punctuation, not like your actual colon where you're –
1: Obviously. So
2: anyway, so I tried to just make sure that you know systems were set up in place, that people could succeed, that the right people had the right things. Pause. They're going to destroy those systems the second you walk out the door. Unpause. Go. Right. But I didn't want systems to fall apart because they weren't there. So even if they didn't like the systems I set up, I tried to have them there so that basically I could step out and it would almost be like like there wasn't a gap. So there naturally will be a gap because you tend to do a lot more than you think that you do, and so things just kind of go awry. But that's what I did. Then I um, went and met with the person I reported to, and I gave them a a longer timeline than two weeks. I gave them like four weeks um, just to see what else I could do to help, um, and then I transitioned off. So my biggest thing, just because this is my, my natural personality type, is to create as few waves as possible, unless Lou comes out, Salty Lou, his... Whole goal in life is to make as many
0: waves as possible, but that's like Jesus in the marketplace turning <laughs> over tables and things like that. There's that, right. there's that. We'll <laughs> the go back like to that one
1: example. That's right.
0: But Conda,
2: Conda, he he tries to make as few waves as possible. So that was that was my entire plan was what can I do to set everyone else up for success? So I could basically step away and hopefully no one would even miss me because everything would just be awesome.
0: Mm. That was me. Yeah. So John Allen, you quit before? Yeah, I have her.
1: actually. I'm, I'll tell, I'll own that. It's part of the reason I've never been fired is because oh I quit God. before is it got it, there. had to find Is it more a way honorable to, to quit than fired? I don't have. I don't have. No, I'm just saying I don't have that in my personality to just ride the horse until it dies. You know, I I get off when it's sick. You
2: know, so yeah. he takes it to the old town road, sure, yeah, and I, then shoots
1: it. Yeah, sure. Wow, but no, but <laughs> let's I, not do this. Uh, at least that's kind of been my pattern. But I think the first thing is that you have to have somebody you can talk to who's. the the word I use, and I use this with people who I think are in situations where they're stressed and thinking about leaving or whatever, and I I deal with people like that, um, is you need some inconsequential relationships. People that you talk to that have absolutely no connection to anything in your life. They're not your close friends. They're not your ministry partners. They're not friends with your senior pastor. They're not, you can talk to them and there's no consequence whatsoever um, for anything you might say to them. So I think we all need people like that to talk this through because you got to make sure you're not crazy and that you're not seeing things that aren't there blowing things out of proportion because transition is hard and there's no need to transition if there's no need to transition. So sometimes there are just some things you need to work on. So that would would be the first thing. And then um, talk to your ministry leader or the person who'd be responsible for you um, at the right time. And make sure that you have a timetable in front when you do have that conversation. Because I feel like one of the most difficult things you can do is go to someone and say, hey, I'm not happy here. I don't think there's anything that can be done about it. And don't give them a timeline. Because now what I've experienced in ministry is that for some leaders, the second you tell them that you're not 100% in, they are done with you.
0: 100%. It's over.
1: You, you, you've lost any influence with them. You've lost any opportunity to make change or decisions and your time is short. And if you don't give them a timeline, they will create one for you. They will say you're done in two weeks then. So you could better be prepared for that. You go in there with a timeline. If you can go in with a transition plan in place to say, Hey, I don't want anything to drop. I want the, their primary concern is for the ministry or for the organization. And they care about you, but they're thinking now past you, they have to. And so you can, if you can say, Hey, I'd like to take a, um, that was my foot <laughs> you heard that squeak yeah um uh, i'd like to take we're in a garage two weeks everybody, so yeah it's, it's it not like a real is. studio uh you probably yeah anyway
0: we'll I, post a picture on the on the instagram to look at our suite setup with our moving blankets right conda's getting his phone out he's gonna take a picture right so. now i'm dabbing so you know got it mega right. mega dab
1: Well, I think if you – so if you can walk in and you can give a timetable and say two weeks, a month, three months, whatever, and here's how I could see it transitioning well, um, then – when you provide a transition plan to the person you're talking to, they still see your value in the organization to carry that through potentially. Um, Potentially. That's a key word. The last church I left, um, was because we were planting the church and, um, it's also super helpful if you have something to move to after (laughs) you have that conversation. Traditionally speaking. Um, Yes. Yeah. For a lot of different reasons, but it makes it easier to answer questions for one thing. Um, people ask why you left, but, um, We were able to to lay out a transition plan over a couple of months, and we actually got a a little ways into that transition plan, and and leader said, "Hey, you know, this is we've transitioned, we've we've got everything rolled over, um, and so we're gonna we're gonna help you and just keep on with that plan that we had and continue paying you through the particular amount of time so that you can be working on the church." So that one worked pretty well because I was able, we were able to give enough runway to transition things off pretty well and um so i you know i feel good about the the way that one transitioned but it's because we had a plan we talked it through had open communication
0: all right okay so let's do this let's let's get off topic for a minute just because i feel like we're we've we've we doze deep for a minute so let's um let's see yeah let's do a round of off topic
2: Charlie, thank you.
0: That's off topic. Charlie, thank you. Next. Who wants to go first? You yeah, know why? Like I'm,
2: I'll
0: go first. You go know on. why I'm not going first?
2: Because I don't want to. Right.
0: That's why. <laughs> what you got, Condo?
2: Oh, yeah. So I watched uh, the entire new season of Black Mirror in one night. It's not a huge feat, it was only three episodes. But uh, Miley Cyrus was in the final episode. And they created this character called Ashley O. And, like, there was all this catchy music in the episode. And there was, like, this huge demand for the music. Mm-hmm. And the creators of Black Mirror released it. And you can get it online or listen to it on Spotify. So I've been jamming to that highly motivational Ashley O. music on the over,
0: over here this morning. High, highly motivational. On the five-minute drive from your house to mine?
2: Yeah, they're really short tracks. They were really, really just designed for the TV show. One oh, is, okay. like, a minute and 45 <laughs> seconds.
0: Oh, that's Beatles style you know, right there. Mm-hmm.
2: That's good. <laughs> yep. That was off topic. All right. It's currently, it's currently yeah. what's happening.
0: Yep, yep.
1: Yep. It's on
2: my playlist.
1: Okay. Fascinating.
2: All right, John. Allen. Uh
1: well, I, maybe the most recent thing is a podcast I listened to on the way over here about the most recent science on how the dinosaurs actually died out, Ooh. and and that the most recent science. And I, I'm not a Scientologist, so I can't explain this. I don't
0: think you. I don't think you. That's that means what you think it means.
1: <laughs> is it a pseudoscience?
0: Psychiatry is a pseudoscience.
1: Draw back to a previous episode. If you
0: ask Tom Cruise. That's
1: right. Um, No, but uh, so apparently the most recent science is that the uh, asteroid or whatever it was that hit the earth um, created a sort of a backwash of basically rock that has been heated to a gas form. And um, superheated metal or rock shot out into space behind this. And then turned immediately into pellets of glass and then surrounded the entire earth. And then the earth's gravity pulled it back in. And as all of that glass entered the atmosphere, it superheated the atmosphere and the earth basically cooked at a temperature of 1200 degrees for about two hours, killing everything on the planet. That is so sad. So that so that it wasn't like that one lonely lost dinosaur somewhere was the last one huddled in the cold of the you know Arctic Circle that finally died because it was hungry. At the the most recent science says everything on the planet died in about two hours. Wow, wow. That I music, also saw that we're going to be able right? to bring dinosaurs you back wanna, though. You want to talk about a transition?
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. That was that was a terrible transition. It really was, but
1: it's fascinating. I love that kind of stuff, so it's just fascinating. Mm.
0: Well, wow. How do you recover from something like that to be honest? I am most excited about the NBA draft tonight. Okay the Atlanta Hawks are positioned to
1: Why did you just make that face like you don't know I thought it was over didn't they just The NBA lose? is the National Basketball Association. Content. Yeah,
2: well, there was just the Raptors and the Golden State people. Yeah, but but that now was the
1: draft of the
2: new the, the draft players, is how they decide
0: how the college players and they get the new players. Yeah. So it's not over? It's it is. like a it's like a kind of like a job fair oh. for new players to join teams and then like that's the, the NBA combine and then all the teams look, and then they get a decided-upon order where they can choose players, and those yeah. players have to work for that team.
1: Do you remember back in school when you used to play kickball and you would pick captains, and then they would pick all the players, and then you'd be the last one picked? Yes. And, um, it's kind of wow. like that.
0: That's a little harsh. Why do you just assume he was the last one picked?
2: Because I usually would hide behind other people, so I was the last one picked.
0: <laughs> all right. Carry
2: on. Hopefully there's an odd number, and I can just be the person that keeps score
1: wow <laughs> all-time pitcher <laughs>
0: <laughs> all-time pitcher Nope. okay carry on okay. no you were carrying yeah, on. I, 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 I you're, yours. you're super
1: excited and it turns out the pelicans have a thousand picks in the first round so
0: they do they they have put an end hopefully to tanking in the nba which is losing on purpose in order to increase your chance of getting a high draft pick yeah, the pittsburgh pelicans they're they're known please for that. stop talking it is not your turn please do not talk About that or say anything like that again about Burt Reynolds or Tom Selleck.
1: Hey, I'm going to give him some credit on that. Only because the Pittsburgh's NHL franchise has a mascot that's a bird.
2: Uh, Yeah, see, I was just confused. So he made a bird
1: connection to a professional Is it a penguin and bird?
0: Yes. Yeah. I know what science says. The science also says that the earth cooked the dinosaurs to death in a matter of two hours. And we all pretty much know that's not true. Because in a, a week from now, another podcast will come out that talked about how the dinosaurs all just ate each other because they were hungry.
1: Uh, you know, my initial thought when I was hearing that, that all the dinosaurs basically cooked was like, oh, and there was no one there to eat them. Oh, <laughs> God. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. <laughs> We all know what that didn't happen scale? because Genesis scale?
0: says. Oh, <laughs> wow! It's another podcast. Let's not do that. Let's not do that. So let me say I have a, I have a very very long story about quitting that I'm not going to share with you. But what I got from that was a, a cool idea, and I have led teams in the past and have appreciated that the people that I've had the chance to work with have been courageous and bold enough to come to me when they're not sure what they want to do anymore. Yes, I think they were. That, that takes a lot of bravery, and I think that my response to the bravery had to have been, like my responsibility as a leader is to listen and to not uh, betray their trust. And so I have had people in the past come to me and say, hey, we're not really sure what we want to do. We're not really sure if we want to be here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I always say this. I always say, empty your bag right now. So, like, what you've got in your bag right now is all the stuff you don't want to let go of. And, and most people just carry around a bunch of crap in their bag. Like, not awesome stuff. Like, I'm mad at this person. I was right. This person was wrong. Uh, this person looked at me funny. And this person made me stay up late one night. All that stuff, right? Nobody so just,
1: appreciates the work that I do.
0: Right. So, just start dumping all that stuff out. Like, go around one piece at a time and sort that stuff out. Just go up to somebody and just be like, hey, man, I'm sorry. Because this thing happened. I never told you it bothered me, but it it did. And I should have said something to you. That was my responsibility. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Just start dumping all that stuff out. Once you feel like your bag is empty, one, you're either going to feel like, okay, that's what made me feel like I needed to quit was all that baggage I was carrying around. And now I feel clear and free to engage with what I'm doing. Or two, you're still going to feel like it's time to quit. However, when you leave, you're not going to carry all that baggage with you to the next place. Bingo. So that's what I would say. Like, if you know it's time to quit, empty that bag out and then move on to the next thing or stay and move on to the next thing. You know what I mean? Move on to what it feels like to work somewhere and do ministry without being mad at people all the time. So, all right, let's transition into a time here of lateral change. So, what this looks like at your job or in your ministry is um, I used to have this job. I used to be the director of the parking lot ministry. And my boss has just come to me and said, now I'm the director of the janitorial ministry. Right? So, it's not a firing, not, not even necessarily a demotion, but she's going to move to another job. Um, what is that? How do you respond to that? Because I, I feel, I'll just be honest, I feel called to the parking lot ministry. That's what we tell ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. We're called to this specific job that we like, that we want. So what do I do now? Am I not called to parking lot ministry? Because now my job is the, whatever I said it was, the lobby ministry. Janitorial. Jan- janitorial ministry. Uh, so if, I, if I'm not called to the parking lot, would, was I ever even called to ministry? Or should I, should I go ahead and start looking for another parking lot job somewhere else? Mm. What, is, what do I do? What does all this mean now? Have you guys ever been laterally moved, like one job to another? Most likely you've been given extra jobs without additional pay or title.
1: Absolutely. Because that's how ministry
0: rolls, right? Yes. Yes.
1: Um, I haven't, um, but I've always been or generally been in the seats that were making those decisions. So I would have moved myself laterally or been a part of those decisions, but never been told I was going to shift. Um,
2: I'm trying to think. I mean, I guess technically I could say that I've been moved laterally. Um, I was in a role at the same role at a bunch of different campuses. So was that technically
0: considered lateral? Well, let's do this then. I I got laterally moved once about mm, a couple months before I got fired. And everybody kept saying, hey, you should probably look for another job because that lateral move is what precedes getting fired. Hmm. And I was like, no, that's not what they said. That's not, no. That's not the truth because they didn't, they didn't say that. They said, this is why it's going to happen. So I'm going to trust the leadership. I'm going to do all that stuff. And I would still recommend doing that because you don't want to do ministry from a place of cynicism. You don't want to do it from a like this protected, walled-off place of nobody's going to get me. You Because know? right. if you can't be vulnerable with the people that you work with and the people that you work for, I don't think you're going to experience real growth. You're right. just going to build a wall, and then you're trapped inside, and you're going to stay small all the time. Uh, But so uh, what about this? What about the challenge of laterally moving from one position at a church to another position at a different church? So like I'm the I'm the pastor of janitorial arts at this church and I don't like it anymore. Or, you know, I need to move to another church to be the pastor of janitorial arts now. What would you say to somebody that comes to you? So I'm going to come to you, John Allen, say, hey, I, I work at this church. But, you know, the pastor is kind of a butthole and. Nobody really, like, you know, there's no this or there's no that, whatever they're complaining about. So I got a job at another church doing this janitorial arts. Mm-hmm. What, what, what advice would you give me?
1: Well, uh, the question in, in any of those situations that everybody should get to uh, is answering the question of why. Because that's the question everybody's going to ask. Um, so if you're thinking of transitioning from this church to that church, so basically the same role, a lateral move, I would want to know, I would ask if you understand why you're doing that and if there's anything that can be done. Um, because
0: more so money. transition. What about that? <laughs> That's legit. Yeah, That's a legitimate it thing. It is. Um, yeah, sure.
1: So, I mean, it could be a lot of different reasons, but um, I, I find that th- those kind of lateral moves aren't often because of money. Um, more often than not, they're because of frustration with where you are. And mm, you think that there's yeah. problems where you are—it's a the grass is greener mentality. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to go into this church, and because it's bigger, because it's simpler, oh, man. Or because people it's, think bigger churches are because, just so much better. No, it's just—I mean, yeah, yeah no, it's just, it's just, a just a real complicated. for dysfunction. But but yeah, I mean, you you always look at your situation and dissatisfied with it. At Speaking least, of being cynical, I'm, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> and you look at that other situation and see it as ideal, and so you think that it's going to go over, but you know if somebody says they're going to make that change, like, well, let's really process through this and, and think through why you're leaving where you are and what you think is better about the place that you're going and get to the real heart of that. Cause money, yeah, it can be a motivating factor, but frankly, if you're in ministry, it ought not to be. So. Well, why? Why not?
0: I mean, you still got to pay bills. Is it wrong to. Yeah,
1: And this may be a function of my personality, but that just feels super cheap. And if and if you're you know well, on staff know. with my church because of how much you're getting paid to do this job and you'll leave to go somewhere else to get paid more money, I don't want you on my staff. So, All but right. but I'm a, but I you know I I come from a very principled place in my personality. And I know not everybody's like that, but. Yeah. Wow! Well, no, so, that, that don't mean that. No, no, no.
0: Jeez, I almost oh, listen. Here, I, it took a while for the sound waves I, to get all the way down <laughs> here from your, your ivory tower. That's not, that you're that's in. not
1: what I'm saying. I, I fully understand. I, I mean, fully, for people
0: that don't have principles, no, like no, no, me. No, 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 that's not what I'm
1: saying. I, I I've, I've come to a place where I understand everybody's personality is different and equally valid, and so I understand because I would say, "How dare you!" D- just because I do that doesn't mean someone else will and doesn't mean that they're better than – that I'm better than they are or they're better than I am. So Sure. I understand. So you if you, want, have if you the... want to go from here to there for money, that's fine. But that's not the kind of person that I want on my staff.
0: I understand. Yeah. yeah. I just got in – I had a phone call from someone. So you and I have – John Allen, you and I have very similar personalities. And um, I got a call from the place that I work for now asking me about uh, whether or not I wanted to contribute to retirement as the retirement guy. Mm-hmm and i was like hey bro i'd really love to but i just don't have any i don't have any money to put in it right now cuz i'm mm-hmm. i'm operating at a budget deficit and he was like what and i was like yeah and he was like why i said well the way budget deficit works is that you 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 know you you're spending more money than right. you're making you know making. how
1: numbers can be black or red right
0: and he was like well why why is that and i said well i worked somewhere i made this amount And to come and work here, now I make this amount, and it's a little bit less. And some of that you can't turn around. Like, we don't have debt. We don't have car payments. We used to have a house and food and stuff like that, but even still. And so, the guy was like, why why would you take this job if it pays less? I was like, because it was an awesome job and because I wanted it and because I don't really care about how much money I make. And so, you know, there's some level of not give a crap when it comes to money that I have that's, you know, God's location. always been very gracious and uh, kind to provide through that lack of financial planning on my part when I'm just mm-hmm. like, you know what? This is it. Let's just do it. It'll be <laughs> awesome. We'll figure it out. We'll clip coupons.
1: So, getting back to the idea of why, um, part of the reason it's so important is that you understand why you're making the decision that you're making um, and understand the realities of where you're going versus where you are. And also, um, so that the, the, the ministry that you're leaving or the staff that you're leaving, that they understand why, because there may be some glaring issues that you see that they don't see or, um, frustrations that exist within the entire staff that you hold. And if you don't share those things, then if you don't share those things, then they may totally miss them. And, uh, the other thing is that when you go see someone in the grocery store and they say, "Hey, why are you going from church A to church B?" and you just say, "Oh, it's just a new opportunity where." They don't buy it. You know? Right. They, they they don't believe that. Everybody knows you're you're moving, you're going from one place to another because there's something you're dissatisfied here w- with here and something 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 you think you're going to be more satisfied with there. Yeah. It might be money or it might be work environment or it might be role or whatever, but if you're changing if you if you're if it's the same role in a similar church,
2: well, and it's, it's more true in a ministry job, right? Because it's not just a right. job, right? Like, it's not just Cracker Barrel. You clock in and clock out. Like, that's where you, you know, you're in a life group or a small group with someone. That's like, you know, where you, you know, you, you're supposed to be taught by your pastor. Like, it's a family. It's it's that. And so, like, a lot of times stepping outside of that is, you know, why are you leaving the, the family? Like, it's what, it, it's what it feels like. That is what it so, feels like. It's not just, oh, man, I didn't love this anymore, and I'm going to make... 25 cents more an hour over here, like there's, you've met people, you've made connections and relationships and bonds. And like, it takes a lot, a lot of times more than just 25 cents more an hour to break those bonds. So when you say things like, oh, it's just a, a new opportunity, people are always very skeptical of yeah. that because they're like, you're willing to give up all of this for twenty five like, yeah. You're
1: uprooting, <laughs> you're it. uprooting everything to make this change. So you better have a darn good reason to exactly, doing it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Mm, darn good reason Darn good darn reason. reason Speaking of darn good reasons We're going to do something We've never done before In the history Of the least likely church podcast
1: oh.
0: um, We are going to What? End on time? Mm, oh well, oh. So, so technically Here's what we're <laughs> going to do Alright everybody relax As for those of you longtime listeners uh, For the last six or Ten weeks, however long we've been on the air. It's a long time. Uh, it is. Uh, you know that we don't edit these. Uh, we don't overdub, except we did overdub the one thing. We did. Yes. And, that I said, <laughs> and then after I said it, everybody yeah. gave me this weird look, and I was like, "Oh man, oh uh, really no!" <laughs> somebody actually. Uh, somebody. DM the least likely channel And asked what it was that I said I think we might have even said Like you can do that So if you're interested Go back listen to the end of the first episode You can hear some sweet music jump in (laughs) That's being overdubbed I literally went in And played my wife this recording Of what I said And she was just like "Uh." No And yeah. so, and, and I don't post really anything of, uh, uh, I don't really post anything crazy on Facebook anymore. I used to get real rowdy on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And then my wife pretty much took my Facebook privileges away because I used <laughs> to get on there and just get wound up on people. So, but even still, she's a great voice of reason. So we don't edit this, but uh, we're kind of halfway through our second segment. We still have a segment and a half to go. And so rather than giving you a two and a half hour long podcast, which you're certain never to finish, uh, we're going to close this one out, and we are going to do a part two. Okay. I think this is a, oh, a sequel. It's exciting. Sequel. Uh, the Reckoning. The Reckoning. The Least <laughs> Likely Church Podcast. Enter into a time of transition, colon, right. The Reckoning. The Reckoning. Uh, so that's going to wrap up our time together today. Thank you, as always, to my co-hosts, John Allen and Conda. Uh, you can subscribe to Least Likely Church Podcast on our website at www.leastlikelychurchpodcast.com Designed by Robo Music created for Least Likely was composed and performed by Xander You can check him out on the internets at his website, which I don't know now, Audio mixing provided by RT Productions, Richard Ronald Touche, who is our very good friend That is all for today Make sure you check in with us—not next Sunday, but the Sunday after that—for the continuation of this conversation called "The Reckoning," uh, which is certainly what this episode is going to be titled. Now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, Robo, who designed our website, let's take—let's just take a second and celebrate Robo. Uh, she, oh, let's celebrate that. Hang on. Okay, because you can't see it, we're all—elbow <laughs> clap. Cl- we're all clapping either our elbows or our forearms. Nobody's <laughs> clapping hands. Um, but she. Um, the music's fading out at a perfect time for us to celebrate Robo. Uh, she not only built our website for us, uh, she actually takes these files. She listens to every podcast episode, and then she texts us with dumb things that we say for title op- op- options. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so that's where the titles come from. She listens to every one of these before you guys have to, or get I guess get a chance to would be better. <laughs> um, and so we are incredibly grateful for her. She's actually here uh, making it possible for us to record this today because my wife is a full-time student and is likely at the library. So Robo's in my house right now, keeping my children alive and, and most importantly, keeping them out at the garage. <laughs> so uh, the least likely church podcast could not, would not exist without Robo. Uh, you can check her out on the internet. Does she have a website? Robo Designs, maybe? I don't know. I haven't... I don't know. I'm not sure. You can just DM the least likely channel. She does freelance graphic work. She does freelance web stuff. That's right. She has copywriting. She does all kinds of really cool stuff. Uh, she's one of our favorites. And so we really appreciate Robo. She's going to get to the end of this and listen. She's probably going to be crying. She's probably mm-hmm. going to be. I'm yeah. um, crying right now. Probably can we, not. Can, can
1: we just give her a hand clap of thanks? Ooh, let's Ooh. give her a hand, a clap, hand clap of, of, of praise.
0: Thanks. Hand clap of praise in this place. Come on, you guys can do better than that.
1: <laughs>
2: All right. I can. He was right. I, I could do
1: better.
0: <laughs> All right, let's sign off. Conda, you got a sign off ready?
2: I just want to thank you for this opportunity. Oh,
0: okay, good. There you go. Okay, good. All right, John Allen. Goodbye. All right. And I will leave you with a quote. That will kind of lead us in to our next episode. Um, If you board the wrong train, it is no use running along the corridor in the other direction. As we get into this conversation, what are you doing with the gum? Conda put his hand in gum and now he's stretching it out like he's nine. That was a a very uh, deep and powerful quote that I just did for my sign off. And you're over there like a child playing with gum. Apologize.
2: You chose to acknowledge it.
0: Who's really to blame here? Wow. <laughs> did, did I just get fired? Did you just fire me? Is that what happened? Maybe I'm firing you. Maybe you are. Maybe you're firing me.
1: Was <laughs> well, the end of that quote, if you do, eventually you're going to run face first into the caboose?
0: <laughs> All right. This, this episode has run face first into a caboose. <laughs> right now. (laughs) All right. That's it for today. We love you guys. We'll see you soon.